with Indiana basketball's second exhibition game coming up tonight against Marion. The Hoosiers have to get off to a better start. You are Locked On Hoosiers, your daily podcast on the Indiana Hoosiers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in. It is the Locked On Hoosiers podcast. I'm your host, Jacob Goins, and I appreciate you making Locked On Hoosiers your first listen each and every day, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, which is your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked On College for $20 off your first purchase. Well, Indiana basketball getting set for their second exhibition game against Marion tonight, coming off of their first exhibition against Indianapolis. And it's plain and simple. The Hoosiers have to get off to a faster, better start in the basketball game. And I know that it was the first exhibition of the season. And I know that it was just Indianapolis, a game that you ended up pulling away and winning by a significant amount. But Indiana cannot let this become a trend this season if they want it to be a success. Here's how Indiana started the game in the first half versus the second half, because there was a time where you look up in this first half and Indiana was losing, right? And this was a close game throughout the first half. And of course, Indiana began to pull away and had a much, much better second half. Hoosiers shot 48% from the game, okay? 48% from the floor, Indiana shot in their first exhibition game against Indianapolis. 30 of 62 from the field. Here are the first and second half splits and how we got to that 48%. In the first half, Indiana shot 10 of 31 for a whopping 32%. In the second half, Indiana shot 20 of 31 for 64%. You made 10 more shots on the same amount of attempts, and you doubled your shooting percentage from the first half to the second half. And of course, that averages out to become 48%. And there's, I think, a couple of things that you can you can attribute this to, right? It's the first exhibition of the season. You see a lot of these teams in college basketball get off to a slow start in the first half in their first exhibition game. Sometimes it's hard to kind of get up, get ready, wake up a little bit in a game like this. And I think that's totally understandable. But you can't let it become a trend. And I'm not saying it will. But Indiana has to nip this in the bud right now and not let this be a a characteristic of this Indiana basketball team and of this upcoming basketball season. Shooting 32% in the first half, okay, but there was a point where you were shooting in the low 20s and in the teens, and you had to bring that up near the end of the first half. And you shot 32%, you turn around and shoot 64% in the second half. I think that shows what this Indiana team can be offensively shooting the basketball, whether that be missed layups, right, which Indiana had a problem with. And the free throw line wasn't great either. You were 11 of 20 from the free throw line, and you have to fix that too. And we're going to loop all this back to a main point coming up in just a couple of minutes. But you had missed layups, missed opportunities, easy shots, right, that Indiana was starting to make in the second half. And you also shot the free throw better in the second half. And again, 
I think a lot of this you can you can just say, well, first half of the first game that doesn't truly matter as an exhibition, right? You're playing somebody different for the first time. And I 100% agree. I do. I 100% agree that you can chalk most of this up to that. But let's say that Indiana comes out against Marion today and they do the same thing, right? What happens if they do this against Florida Gulf Coast? What happens if Indiana keeps doing this as you get into bigger games in non-conference play? You can't allow that to happen. And I think it's going to come with a couple of guys stepping up and being leaders on this team and maybe not even being a massive scoring threat all the time. I'm looking at a guy like Xavier Johnson, who had nine total points in the first exhibition, but getting off to a faster start maybe from somebody like him at that guard position to orchestrate the offense a little bit and get the offense into a flow, get them into a rhythm, and get this Indiana team comfortable in games where they may not be or maybe they're uncomfortable when they start, right? And I look at big games like Kansas, like Auburn, like UConn, and then when you look into the Big Ten, you are going to have some games where you get off to slow starts. And you may see some freshman moments from McKenzie and Baco on the bad side, and that can get a team flustered. And that's how you get off to slow starts. It's how you get down by double digits early. And when you're on the road or even in some of these big early season tournaments, you just can't come back from them sometimes. And so Indiana has to find a way to get off to a faster start. Because think about this. You're playing in the Big Ten, a conference that in basketball is going to have some really, really good offenses this year. But they pride themselves on the defensive end of the floor where they're cool. There's a lot of teams in this conference that are very okay with playing in the 50s and 60s. And if you're Indiana and you are down by 10 or 12 at the half, or you look up 10 minutes into the first half and you're already down double digits, you're playing really good defensive teams. And that's going to be hard to come back from. Luckily for the Hoosiers, you have a bench that's going to be deep that we've heard head coach Mike Woodson talk about that I think can help you in situations like this, where if somebody in the starting five, which we don't know who the solid starting five is going to be, but I do think what we saw in the first exhibition will probably be what we see in the second exhibition, which was Malik Renault, McKenzie Mbako, Kalel Ware, Xavier Johnson, and Trey Galloway. If one of those guys is struggling, you have guys like CJ Gunn. You have guys like Gabe Cups and the, the combination of the Anthonys, right, with Leo and Walker. I think they proved in the first exhibition, and I hope they do that again tonight, that they are reliable off the bench. When someone is having a slow start, you can go to them. And maybe that's the spark you need off the bench in a road game against Michigan or in a game against Ohio State. Somebody to get either the road crowd out of the game or the Assembly Hall game fans into the game. And so Indiana, get off to a faster start in this exhibition. Don't mess around because here's why it's important in an exhibition game. If you get up early and you're up big in the second half, that's where you can start to work on some things and you can start to shuffle different rotations around and you can start to play different guys at different spots and different guys with different guys. 
That's what exhibition games are, especially with the season opener coming up next week against Florida Gulf Coast. So I want to see Indiana shoot the ball better. I want to see Indiana make layups. I want to see them make more free throws. And I don't want to see them messing around with a team that has nothing to do with them, right? That should not be anywhere near Indiana. Faster starts, better shooting the basketball. And I think that's going to really be what the focus should be for Indiana in this first exhibition game. Well, coming up, we know uh, the news about Bob Knight has been all over the place and tons of love and support from Indiana fans, college basketball fans, and sports fans across the country. We'll talk about some of the comments from Indiana people, Indiana players, head coach Mike Woodson, who met with the media and get some more of their comments and reactions from the late passing of head coach Bob Knight. But before we do that, want to I uh, want to let you know that today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Game Time is 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 an app where it makes ticket buying for sporting events easy. I can think of countless times where you are planning to go to a sporting event, you're trying to go, you're looking for tickets, you don't know what site to use, right? There's so many hidden fees. Some have more availability than others. You don't know if it's a new venue, right? If you're going to a new place, you don't know what your seat and view is going to look like. It's a disaster. Game time has made that so much simpler because at the end of the day, you shouldn't have to worry when you're buying tickets to your next big event. And when you look at game time, the thing that really gets me excited and why I use game time, last minute tickets, flash deals, you have different zone deals, sometimes depending on where you sit, easy to find and buy tickets for every kind of event in your area. And my favorite part, you can view and get your view from every seat in the house. So you know exactly what you're buying and where you're going to be sitting, wherever you're at for whatever event that you're going to. Game Time is the only ticketing app that gives you complete peace of mind with your purchase. You can see the view from your seat. All prices are shown. Everything is shown to you up front. So you know what you're getting and a great deal without the hidden fees. You can buy tickets in seconds with just two taps. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE for $20 off your purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N-C-O-L-L-E-G-E for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Well, we have seen um, just so much love and support for the passing of Indiana great, college basketball great, sports great, Bob Knight with the tragic passing of the legendary head coach and just so many stories and articles and and just so many memories from, from head coach Bob Knight. And it really has been just a really special thing for me personally and I hope for you as well to just see all the different people and different walks of life and different sports right in different eras who have shown how he was connected to them and how he benefited them and made them better and whether they were a coach a player a person media broadcaster whatever the case may be there are just thousands and thousands and thousands of people that are sharing stories 
about the late Bob Knight. And I wanted to share with you some of the things that have been said here recently, and especially from Indiana folks and from head coach Mike Woodson, who released an initial statement, um, but wanted to give you some more of what he said in his press conference on Thursday. Um, going to read you some of his opening statement and kind of how he answered some of these questions. And you can just tell the relationship here was, was really, really special for, for head coach Mike Woodson. So here's what he said to, to the media in his Thursday press conference. He said, let me just say it's a tough day in Indiana basketball. When you lose a legend like Bob Knight, who meant the world to me, man, in terms of my growth, I mean, I'm basically, he basically shaped my whole career. He went on to say this program will truly miss an icon. It's hard to really describe in words what he meant to me, but boy, I wouldn't be sitting in this seat today if it wasn't for Bob Knight. How many times have we heard that over the past 24 hours? I mean, it's just been so many people that have given him almost all the credit in the world for the reason they're in the spot that they're in. And Mike Woodson, head coach for Indiana basketball, is no doubt at the top of that list and one of the top people on that list. Um, he got asked a question. He says, I'm curious what impressed you the most about Bob Knight. And here's what Mike Woodson had to say. Really great response. He said, quote, you know, I grew up with nothing from a beautiful family of 12 brothers and sisters and a mom and dad. And I think what impressed me the most when he recruited me and he came to the house he promised me that I would get an education and that I would play for the best basketball program in the country. This is Mike Woodson talking about head coach Bob Knight. He said, quote, that's all I needed to hear is somebody to give me an opportunity. He said, so that impressed me. He said, sure as heck impressed me and impressed my mother probably more than me because I was the only one that was able to go to college and get an education to graduate. It's a comment like that from a head coach like Mike Woodson who looked up to Bob Knight so much. And it's a story just like that that I think can, and maybe it shouldn't, but I think it can kind of balance out some of the bad stories, right? And some of the bad instances that get brought up when people talk about head coach Bob Knight with treatment of players, right? And treatment of people in media and different things like that. But then you hear this story and you're like, man, he came to a house full of 12 kids and a family that, uh, according to Mike Woodson, didn't sound like had a whole lot growing up. And not only did he promise him he was going to play basketball and he was going to play for the best university and the best program in the country for Indiana, but he was also going to get an education. And I think it's stories like this that remind you that he was a head coach and he was a human. And I think he really did care about the people in his life, especially the people in his program. He had a weird way of showing it at times, but I think he really did care about winning, of course, but about the success of his coaches and his players along the way. And I wanted to share that comment with you. And there's a lot more questions. You can go find the video. There's great articles that have, have transcribed what Mike Woodson had to say um, but, uh, he just, he had some really, really great things to say. And we talked about on yesterday's show, 
how Coach K had things to say. We know the special relationship those two had, uh, the mutual respect that we've seen uh, from Purdue and Kentucky and just everybody across college basketball. And for me personally, I've really enjoyed seeing the different stories of media members, broadcasters and reporters and journalists talk about covering head coach Bob Knight during his time at Indiana and how so many of them just loved covering him and his program because of the craziness that he was and the craziness that surrounded him and his Indiana basketball program, like the likes of Holly Rowe and Jay Billis and Tim Brando, like big time broadcasters, commentators, reporters, writers, Dickie V, right, from ESPN. I mean, these guys that have covered and did cover Indiana and Bob Knight for so long and how they were able to put all that stuff behind it and really see him for for what the good that he was. And so I have a, a personal anecdote about this. I actually read a book in college for one of my sports reporting classes, and it was called A Season on the Brink. And it was about one of his final seasons, Bob Knight at Indiana, and a reporter was able to get full access, an author was able to get full access to the Indiana basketball program in practices, in the locker room, on the bus rides, on the plane rides. And it just showed the complete 360 that you got with, with head coach Bob Knight, the good, the bad, the ugly, the, the parts that most people didn't see, right? If you've never read that book, I highly recommend that you go and find it. Again, it's called A Season on the Brink. I highly recommend it. Um, you really need to, to go and, and check it out. It's by John Feinstein. And it, it just, it's a really, really good book. And, and it's, it's about the 1986 season. Go read it. And if you want some inside stories on Bob Knight from somebody that was there the entire time during a season, back end and all, you got to go check it out. And it's just so sad to see that Bob Knight passed away. Um, it's it's just still such a loss for, for Indiana, for this entire program, fan base, and, and just so many great people that were touched and impacted by head coach Bob Knight. And so I wanted to share some of those comments from Mike Woodson, share a little bit from myself included. And again, if you're on YouTube Comment down below your, you know, if you grew up in that era or even going back and watching highlights from that era, what's your favorite Bob Knight memory? What's your favorite coach Knight memory from him in Indiana on or off the floor? Uh, maybe you have a memory before he was in Indiana or maybe a short time after Indiana. Let me know down below. I'm curious where, where, how are you feeling with all of this? And maybe one of your favorite memories of head coach Bob Knight, but just continuing to see stories flood all over social media. And I've read and watched everything there is. And I know the Big Ten Network is, has been doing a special about it and just highlighting the wonderful career of Bob Knight. You've seen pictures of the flowers and the candles and the pictures outside of Assembly Hall um, honoring him and, and, and his passing. So it's still so fresh. It's still so raw and sad. Um, and it's something that you're going to see carry on through this college basketball season. I'm really, really interested to see how Indiana as a team, as a program, how do they respond and kind of handle this 
throughout this 2023 season. You've seen the patches, I'm sure, that the teams are going to be wearing. Um, I think that's a really special tribute. And I'm just curious, man. It's going to be tough to start for for head coach Mike Woodson and this team, especially in the exhibition game on Friday and then the first game coming up early next week. So, Bob Knight, rest in peace. Um, It's just a guy that was so loved and had such a big impact on people, Indiana, in the game of college basketball. Coming up here on Locked on Hoosiers, Indiana in football, taking on Wisconsin, hosting the Badgers in Bloomington. Is this the chance for Indiana to get a big win and turn the season around? We'll talk about that here in just a minute. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Excuse me, Prize Picks. I apologize. Today's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. If you don't know what Prize Picks is, Prize Picks is the largest daily fantasy sports platform in North America. We are the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. It's just you against the numbers. Instead of battling thousands of other players, including pros and sharks, you pick more than or less than on two to six player stat projections and watch the winnings roll in. With the basketball season here, you can now pick combo projections across football and basketball from the Specials League on Prize Picks, a league created specifically for combo projections that includes two or more players from different sports or leagues. For example, LeBron James from the NBA and Travis Kelsey from the NFL at a 10.5 combo of three-pointers made and receptions. How cool is that? You can combine different stat lines from different sports and pair them together. That's uh, Nobody else is doing that. And if you want to play alongside some of Prize Picks' favorite players, like rapper Meek Mill and comedian Andrew Schultz, you can now find the community plays under the promos tab on the app to view entries from some of the biggest names in Prize Picks communities each week. Prize Picks, man, uh, seeing a lot of these things that they're doing I mean, you get to see some of the biggest celebrities that are playing, uh, the different stat lines that they have. And now the basketball season is in full swing. I'm all in. I mean, basketball uh, stat lines and betting lines and different things like that, that's where I shine. That's where I love. And so I'm all in on prize picks, and you should be as well, because I know a lot of you are basketball fans. Be sure you go to prizepicks.com slash college. And use code Locked On College for a first deposit match up to one hundred dollars. Again, go to prizepicks.com slash locked on college and use code locked on college for a first deposit match up to one hundred dollars. Prize picks daily fantasy sports made easy. Well, Indiana football hosting Wisconsin this weekend and a chance for the Hoosiers to turn this season around. You look at the back end of this schedule for Indiana on a four-game losing streak. You have Wisconsin at home this weekend, on the road at Illinois, home for Michigan State, and then on the road at Purdue. When you rank those four games, I think this is by far the most difficult of the four, but I do think it's winnable for Indiana football. I really, really do believe that. And look, I told you that Indiana was going to keep it relatively close with Penn State. Did I think they were going to have chances to win in the fourth quarter? No, I did not. And I will not sit here and lie to you and say that I did. But they covered the spread, and I said they would do that. And it is crazy because Indiana did. 
have chances to win the football game in the fourth quarter. They just couldn't quite do it with depth and and really a skill gap and different things. And so uh, I think Indiana should feel really confident going into this game. You're back home after having to travel to Happy Valley last week. Wisconsin has been struggling to score. And what's been a really good thing for Indiana this season? It's been the defense, right? Other than games like Michigan and and Maryland, I feel like the defense just kind of gave out when the offense couldn't back them up. But the offense seemed to have figured it out a little bit. And not just figured it out, they did it against what was ranked as the best defense in college football in Penn State, and they scored more points against the Nittany Lions than anybody else has this season. Did they figure it out? Maybe so. And I think that with quarterback Sornsby, he threw it all over the yard. And I think you could see Indiana do that again. And I talked about running the ball, which I think Indiana should do. But if Sornsby's going to be back there and throwing the ball, why not let him throw? Especially when the offensive line is protecting Sornsby so much. So if they're protecting him as well as they are, and he's able to get receivers open and move the football down the field, let him throw it. He could throw it 40 times, 50 times for all I care. If Indiana's offense can get it figured out, Wisconsin struggles to score too. And I think you could see this be a lower scoring, back and forth, probably going to be a lot of punts and three and outs, I'm going to go ahead and tell you. Um, But being at home, I think Indiana has a chance being in Bloomington, where, again, if you can build off of last week, I know you lost, but if you can build off of that, Right. Imagine what this win would mean for Indiana at the tail end of this football season. If you could somehow beat Wisconsin at home in an 11 a.m. kick, you have Illinois, Michigan State and Purdue, three teams that are just not good in the Big Ten. And I think there's a lot of people that would say that about Indiana. And those three teams are saying the same thing about the Hoosiers. But if you can somehow beat Wisconsin this weekend and you know what? I don't even think you have to beat Wisconsin. Hang with them. Give yourself a chance. Maybe make a play at the end where you do get the upset against the Badgers. Then you're looking really good down the stretch with those other three games, with Illinois, Michigan State, and Purdue, which I think Indiana can win those games. I really, really do. Let's say Indiana wins this weekend, right? You're up to three wins. You then have three more winnable games if you somehow, some way, go on a four-game losing streak after, or go on a four-game winning streak, excuse me, after going on a four-game losing streak, you can make a bowl game and go six and six. Do I think Indiana does that? No, I don't. I'm not saying they can't, but reality in this season would show you that that's just not going to happen. I think two or three of these games are winnable, and I think a split In these last four, winning at least two is necessary, in my opinion. I think it is necessary for Indiana to split two of these games in their last four. What I would like to see is Indiana win three out of four. Would love to see them win them all. But I think if you can win three out of four, including the Wisconsin game on Saturday, that's what would make me happy. That's what would give me a little, I don't know, optimism confidence going into next season, going into the off season of football, as I know our calendars are flipping into November and looking at the basketball season. But 
Let's put some wins together, Indiana football. Let's get some wins, build a little confidence, and have something to look forward to come August of next year and early September when the new football season starts and a new look Big Ten. And at that point, you just never know what's going to happen in college football. So does Indiana win this weekend against Wisconsin? My pick is no, but I do think Indiana keeps it close. And I think it's a low-scoring, ugly game. Being at home gives Indiana a shot, but the money would say go with Wisconsin. They're a favorite for a reason. I'm going to take Wisconsin, but I do think Indiana can keep it relatively close. And Wisconsin's favored by 9.5 or 10, depending on where you look. I think Indiana can absolutely be right there. I really, really do. If the offense continues to roll like they did last week and not stall out, they have a chance against the Badgers this weekend. Well, that's going to do it for today's episode of Locked on Hoosiers. Coming up next week, we'll have reactions from the exhibition. We'll have previews as the Indiana basketball season gets underway early next week. Gosh, I'm excited. I hope you are as well. The season is upon us. We'll start previewing the opener versus Florida Gulf Coast, and we are in full basketball season mode, ladies and gentlemen. As the football season winds down, it's time for full-on basketball. I appreciate you making Locked on Hoosiers your first listen each and every day, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, which is your team every day. Be sure to follow me on Twitter at Goins2Jacob. That's G-O-I-N-S, the number two, J-A-C-O-B. Follow the show on Twitter as well at Locked On Hoosiers. Comment down below predictions for the exhibition, predictions for the football game, and what you're most excited about for the opener next week for Indiana basketball. Until Monday, stay safe, Hoosier fans, and I'll talk to you later.